0: Welcome back to Round Guy Radio, and we have Scotty Melvin, and I gave him an assignment to uh, look into the Atoma Bulldogs, because it was kind of the only glaring uh, absence that we uh, hadn't talked about yet, and a, a very, very important team to Southeast Iowa. Uh, welcome back to the program, Scott.
1: Good morning, Dave. How you doing?
0: Pretty good. Well, what do you got on that? You know, the Atoma Bulldogs was an interesting team last year. They seemed to either get blown out or blow out their opponents. It wasn't any, anything in between that. It didn't seem like they had some really big wins and put up some gaudy numbers at times. So, uh, well, what do you think of, of this team? That's, uh, definitely in a, a division that's above their fighting weight.
1: Man, that, that, you know, I goofed up when I said in that, four uh, a preview that we didn't have anybody in five because I forgot about our Atoma Bulldogs and uh, they play in five, a district five. And you're right. It was, a. Uh, up and down kind of thing. They did pull out two wins last year in that uh, district. Um, Well, or in their 5A class, I should say. Uh, The district's kind of a weird thing. Uh, If you look at their standings, they're in District 5. It does contain Southeast Polk, who won the state championship in 5A last year and had uh, two of the best players in the nation on the team. One of those guys is still coming back. But fortunately for the Bulldogs, they are not on the schedule. And the only way they'd run into them is if they would see them in the postseason. But then you look down the list um, in that district. It contains Cedar Rapids Prairie, another great uh, football team, finished eight and three a year ago. Linmar, another great one that finished seven and three. Uh, Waterloo West, which was a competitive team um, that won four games and lost five, and then you got a tumble at two and seven, and then Cedar Rapids Jefferson at the bottom of the district finished zero and nine last year, and they're in a rebuild mode. But the the bad news. The only piece of bad news I got for the Bulldogs coming into this season is I believe that uh, Cedar Rapids Jefferson is going to be greatly improved. They've got a new coach, very enthusiastic guy, old school. Um, I have a feeling he's going to turn them back around. And, uh, it, you know how much it'll happen this year, I don't know. But that's not a you know a guaranteed win for the Bulldogs this year. Uh, last year they they beat them pretty pretty soundly, and I have a feeling it'll be a more competitive uh, game this year when they get to it outside of that you're looking at the uh the non-district schedule and the bulldogs even when they played smaller schools this was no cakewalk they open up the season with oscaloosa who did beat bulldogs pretty pretty soundly last year uh in the first week of the season then they go to fairfield i, I think they have fairfield at home this year but we know the trojans are a strong uh, uh 3A team. and fairfield beat a ton of 27 to 7 last year and honestly i i wouldn't be surprised to see a similar outcome this year. Then they've got Des Moines Roosevelt on the schedule, uh, another big school that's pretty decent. Uh, and then they've got Burlington. Burlington, as we talked about before, they lost some some really great players, but they're in a good place in their in their uh, program right now. So that's not going to be an easy one. Then the Prairie game last year, if you remember, Ottumwa, I think, was uh, beat up pretty bad, had injuries, and they did forfeit that game. That game was not played. So they took a one to nothing uh, loss due to forfeit there. Cedar Rapids Jefferson. That's the game of really broke out last year. And you're talking about these gaudy numbers. And, and I remember reading this uh, that Friday night when, when this game went on and, and just doing a double take because now we'll start looking into, to the roster for the Bulldogs. As I'm scouring through their, their uh, players, I see really no contributing seniors From last year, everybody is a junior, including this young guy, Abaya Salim. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. His overall stats for the year, and I don't know if he suffered some injury and didn't get to play a bunch or what, uh, weren't, you know, crazy. But in this game against Jefferson, when Atumah really put it together and won the game 54-6 to about midway through the season, he put up 452 yards rushing in that single game on only 26 carries, 15 yards per carry every time he touched the ball. All six of his touchdowns on the season came in that game. So it was a it was a night for the ages there for the Bulldogs in that particular game. They followed it up with a pretty bad loss to Winmar, who, like I said, is very strong in five A. Uh they did beat Des Moines North uh the following week, week eight, and then they followed that up and I thought they were gonna get another win against Waterloo West. I went out on a limb, picked a tumble, and they dropped that in seventy to nothing last year. So Waterloo West uh fooled me. They were a lot stronger team than I had them pegged for. But, you know, if we go into the, the roster for the Bulldogs, like I said, it's just full of juniors. Well, they will be seniors this year, but last year these kids were juniors. They got experience. Yeah. They took their lumps, but you, you know, in high school sports, if you can bring back a bunch of kids um, from your, your past year, you should see a step forward. And I think that's what'll happen for the Bulldogs. Now, I don't know if it'll be enough to get them more than the two wins that they had last season, but it's possible and uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Their quarterback, Tanner Shark, is back. he They didn't throw a lot. There was literally no touchdown passes thrown by the Bulldogs. I really think in 5A, you're going to have to get some sort of a passing game going, and so I hope the Bulldogs have uh, something implemented to, to help that part of their offense out this year. Um, so there's not really a lot of numbers from the passing game, but, but rushing-wise, um, he averaged a little over 4.5 yards per carry, scored seven touchdowns. Uh, Abaya had, on the season, a total of 542 yards rushing. He was almost at 10 yards a clip when he did play. And then a young guy named Ethan Renteria, who's a returning senior, and he put up uh, almost 200 yards rushing. So they got three three of their key runners back this year. Um, and like I said, the stats are not, they're not gaudy overall when you take in the entire season for the simple fact that I think they were suffering a lot of injuries. I don't think any of these kids probably played too many games I just don't see how that could be the case and there's quite a list of kids that that did carry the ball for really small numbers and I won't get into them because it's it's a long list so I have a feeling there were some injuries and things kind of snowballed at times on the Bulldogs certainly didn't help their their uh, uh, progress last year but if those kids are all back and healthy um, that bodes well for them They, they they could definitely go beyond the two wins that they had last year, I think, but that schedule is tough. And I think they're going to need to pick up some wins in the non-district to improve their record. I know those don't really count towards the playoffs, but then again, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not real well versed on 5A. You may not have to uh, do what you, in your district, what you do in in the smaller classes to get a playoff berth. And uh, then maybe a stretch to think the Bulldogs can get to the playoffs this year, but improving on last year, definitely not a stretch. I expect the Bulldogs to, to do that. Um, they got their leading receiver back you know it was only 12 catches last year but like I said they didn't throw much they've got their uh, leaders on defense back Uh, every every level of their team returns key players so my hopes are high for them but you know until they play these games uh, you know we've been talking through every preview not too many teams are taking a big step back this year and uh, I got a feeling that (laughs) The district they play playing is not going to do them any favors, and even the non-district games they've got on their schedule won't. So uh, I'm kind of 50-50 on the Bulldogs improving as far as record-wise, but I think they definitely will have a better team on the field this year.
0: Well, they've got a young players. So I think that bodes well for the future, don't you?
1: It sure does. and I think uh, sometimes kids that played a lot as juniors, and maybe they had modest success, you know, when they get to their senior year, it could be a dramatic improvement. And I expect that for the Bulldogs. I just don't know if it's going to translate to a lot more wins.
0: You know, uh, Mount Pleasant's a 4A, Fort Madison's a 4A, Tumwa's a 5A. I mean, who's making these brackets out?
1: Well, if I remember right, when when the state went to this uh, 5A class, my thought was, hey, this is a good thing. This is going to get those really prime huge schools that, you know, are great every year, kind of off on their own. And uh, I want to say the cutoff is 32. They start with the the top 32 biggest schools, and that's your 5A. Then the next 32 is your 4A, and so on and so on and so on, until you get down to Class A, and whatever's left is in Class A for 11-man football. And what happened was something that disappointed me a lot, and I'll bet it did you too. Some of our schools that are traditionally, you know – Solid 3A, the entire existence of, of the class system, such as your Fort Madison and Mount Pleasant, they got into that kind of middle ground where they get bumped into 4A. And then a school like Ottumwa, which, yes, it's a big town. I'm sure their enrollment's pretty good. I don't even think they're the smallest school in 5A out of those 32 but I felt like their level of competitiveness, I thought, hey, maybe they get a chance to slide into a class where they're not playing the Des Moines schools and the Cedar Rapids schools. And, and that will give them a better chance to have some success um, against those not so big, big schools. But it, it didn't work that way. And they got and they got put up in 5A and, and man, there's some uh, real powerhouses, you know in 5A, and that makes it hard on a school like a Tumlin, but that's the way it shakes out with the system they put in place, and, you know, it could always be changed. One thing I appreciate about Iowa is they seem to never stop trying to tweak things to make it better, and uh, there are a lot of improvements um, that have come from, from these tweaks that they make every couple of years or whatever, but uh, it didn't really do a Tumlin a ton of favors getting put into that, that biggest class. I, I feel kind of sorry for them.
0: Well, tumble, if you go west past Tumwa, you will not find a bigger town to get to Council Bluffs. I mean, it is right. It is one of the big, big schools, and uh, we wish them the best. And I think that uh, you know, if they can, they can improve a little bit. On, I think they're going to at least get three, three wins this year, maybe four. Uh, I, I just can't see that program, uh, you know, losing that many games this year uh, because, like. Just from the towns that you're talking about they have,
1: yeah, the experience they bring back if, they, if I, okay, if I'm gonna go through their schedule and circle some games that I think they could win uh, versus last year, let me pull up the schedule again here, but uh, right off the bat, that game against Oskaloosa, they they lost last year thirty five to fourteen. well, Oskaloosa has lost some players, some key players doesn't mean they won't reload with some some that are just as good or better. But based on what I know, I feel like that game is going to be competitive more so than last year. I think Otomo could win that one. I don't think they'll beat Fairfield. I think Fairfield returns too much. I think Fairfield's going to be even better than they were a year ago. Uh, Des Moines Roosevelt, I don't know anything about them, but they, they definitely handled Otomo pretty easily a year ago. But then again, we could be talking about uh, a part of the schedule where Otomo is losing bodies to injury here because they're putting up no points at this point. Uh, you know, and they they got shut out by Burlington the next week. But as we know, Burlington lost a ton of talent. I don't think they'll take a major step back, but I think they will take a little step back. And I think it's almost taken a big step forward. So that's possibly a winnable game. So I'm seeing possibly uh, through the first four weeks, you know, Otoma could be sitting at two and two going into a very winnable game against Cedar Rapids, Jefferson. We might see him, you know, at three and two before they get into that meaty part where they have to play Linmar uh, but then another winnable game, man. They they could finish. I could see them winning four to five games. Well, that's
0: that's the. Uh, I mean, that's the hope. Everybody's hope springs eternal before the season starts, and there isn't any uh, gimme's or freebies. I guess out there on the schedule, you you got to go out and earn them all. And uh, we haven't seen these interclassmen play, so we don't know how good or bad they are. You know. But the Burlington team, they lost that Williams kid, and and uh, you you had him as the best uh, weapon in Southeast Iowa. That that would certainly be hard to replace, wouldn't
1: it? Man, when when you're talking a kid that went for twenty two hundred yards on the ground in four A, ten yards a carry against any level of competition they played against, even the games that they they lost, including the one they lost big in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> nobody stopped him or slowed him down. So. That's a huge one to replace. And yeah, they they do have the Simpson kid coming back, but they lose their their quarterback from a year ago that was uh, a very uh, key piece to their offense. Um, it's going to be hard for them to to play on the level they did a year ago. So, like I said, they they may. I've always kind of viewed them in a as kind of that in betweener. Uh, yeah, they're a big school. They're, they're, those are bigger towns, but they're not the likes of a Des Moines or a Cedar Rapids or a Waterloo or you know, some of these other big cities in Iowa uh, that have these huge schools and uh, puts them at a little disadvantage. I think that'll be an evenly matched game this year. And I can see a coming out on the winning side. Like you said, these, these guys that are seniors now, when you look at their stats, they had good numbers. There just weren't very many numbers. And I got to think it's because these kids were beat up and, and missed a lot, you know, several games. And uh, so then you're putting it on your backups and your younger kids and to the point where they had to forfeit a game midway through the season. That, you know, there's not going to a 5 minute team not having a full staff to go into it Friday night. That's a that's a pretty big deal. So if those kids are back and healthy this year.
0: Well, they were the only, only team. Difference. I, I know Van Buren lost, a, had to forfeit a game. Mid Prairie even had to forfeit a game. You know, it was uh, – was the, the first half of the of the season was uh, kind of COVID-dominated. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, but we're hoping that that isn't going to happen this year. Yeah, that Williams kid, he might have been a generational talent for Burlington. But uh, what a year they had. And uh, they were the only team in that class to to make the playoffs, I
1: think. Uh, well, they were in 4A, um, which, again, is strange to me because I see Burlington and his home as being in the same class, you know. But
0: Yeah, I would think those them. were schools that, that – and, and to be honest with you, I mean – when I was growing up, Otomo was in the Southeast 7. It was Otomo, Mount Pleasant, yeah. Fairfield, Keokuk, yeah. uh, Burlington. You know, that was it. Those were the teams that we played. And I never thought that, you know, Otomo was so big that they couldn't play us or we couldn't play them. You know, I mean, uh, uh, Burlington the same way, you know, and sometimes – we took our lumps and sometimes we had some big wins, but, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's a, uh, it's a whole new world. Uh, I think that there's a lot less population, you know, a lot of, a lot of towns that were bigger are, are just not quite keeping up like they used to. And, uh, there's sure not as many kids. I don't think, uh, and, uh hence the, the, the biggest class being eight man football, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And it seems to be by a long shot. Cause you know, like I said, and I don't know. I don't remember how many teams are in Class A, but I'm pretty sure I got the number right here. That when the when the state went to a five A, thirty two teams per class until you get to the last of it. Uh, and the rest are in A, the small ones. But I believe Coach Edeker or Coach McCarty said that there's over seventy schools playing eight man. So you're talking, you know, more than more than twice as big of a class as far as the number of schools. Yeah, playing eight man.
0: No, you know, capped out at 32 teams, I guess. So, Mm -hmm. but uh, well, Scott, I really appreciate you. Any uh, other news on the horizon that you want to lay out for the listeners today?
1: Oh, subplot to the, uh, the big game coming up at Kinnick stadium. Uh, If you're on Twitter at all uh, and you follow sports in Iowa, your, your page was dominated the other day by the world championship, junior world championship uh, wrestling match that Ben Keeter won the, the wrestler and, and, phenomenal linebacker for City High that's going to Iowa University to do both. Uh that'll be interesting to see see uh him try to uh dominate football and wrestling at at the college level, major college level. So uh but anyway, he he won the world championship. So he better get a, himself back to practice now. They got a big game coming up uh, a week from Friday and uh I can't wait to see him play, but uh congratulations to him.
0: Whoa. uh ours our start of the football season has just dwindled down to a few hours hasn't it
1: yeah I woke up this morning thinking it was Friday and unfortunately I'm a day uh, ahead of myself so but it's still coming up quick man it's uh, two days now and we will be on the road to Martinsdale
0: Martinsdale to see Auburn and Winfield and uh, southeast Warren and and Waco I mean, It's going to be, it's going to, I'm going to have to bring some oxygen to keep you uh, from passing out. I think
1: these matchups are interesting Um, coming into this season. You know, like we said, there's over 78 man teams, and we're going to go see four of the best of them right off the bat in two days. Um, And the great thing is these are, these are just iron sharpens, iron games. These win or lose, these don't count towards your playoffs. All they're, all they're going to do is make each team better, no matter what end they come out on. So, Hopes for great games. Uh, hope I hope I do have a near cardiac event, <laughs> and uh, hope everybody stays injury free because it's a long grind this year.
0: Well, uh, if, if you like the high school football information that we're putting out, and by the numbers of people listening, there's a lot of people that do. In fact, uh, it's taken our podcast to a whole new level, and it's all high school football driven. Although we try to give you every other kind of news that we can, everybody loves this high school football. So. If you're listening, I'm going to ask you to subscribe to our podcast because we'll all, it'll that will send all the, the, the current information that we get out to you. And, uh, you know, uh, that, that would really help us out. And, uh, uh, you know, if you know any coaches that uh, haven't been on the show that want to be on the show, I'm reaching out, reaching out, reaching out. To, uh, there's just a group of coaches that, that really like to talk about their guys and, and want to come on the show, and we've had all of them. And then there's this other group of coaches that resist uh, the media entirely, although the media is uh, is kind of uh, earned that reputation themselves. But if you know somebody in media, if you know if you're, there's a, a team, you know, get a hold of them, tell them to come on the show, and uh, we'll give them a great, great representation. Uh, so uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll keep the positive momentum. And, Scotty, I can't appreciate you enough. Thank you for being with us.
1: Anytime. It's always fun to talk some football.
0: Well, we're talking a ton of Bulldogs today, this morning, here on Round Guy Radio. Thank you for listening.